Have you ever encountered someone who appears deeply devout on the surface, but seems to use religious beliefs, their thoughts, different aspects to manipulate and control you or the people around them? Maybe you're wondering, like, what's the difference between someone who has genuine faith or actually believes in God or actually is a Christian or ascribes to a religious organization or whatever it might be, but there's also this manipulative behavior? Like, what's actually going on there? Do you actually see the difference? How does it even make sense? I want to dive into a little bit of religious narcissism, where the lines between faith and manipulation start to become blurred. I want to talk about like just discovering it, addressing it, and helping get you through some of the aspects and the thought process of what's going on. You see, a lot of times in faith-based communities, a lot of times people will turn spiritual beliefs for guidance, comfort, sense of community, and a lot of times these will turn into manipulative things. There's instances where people use religious identity as a mask as a version of a facade of like, I look this way, I show up this way, I'm a good person to perpetuate this emotional, psychological, and spiritual manipulation of you and other people. Oftentimes, when we look at this being like religious narcissists will use other people to exploit their trust, vulnerability, and to further their own agendas. So we're going to touch base on this really quick. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness about narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations and your guide in the 45-day Clarity Challenge that you can access at claritychallenge.net. One of the things that I come from, from the background, is I come from religious background. I come as a Christian into this frame of understanding, hey, what I see is a lot of Christians and a lot of religious people that are very fake. And you see a lot of narcissism that's in the church, just like you see it in politics, just like you see it in life, just like you see it in coworkers and relationships, it's everywhere. It's not just in one spot. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. But one spot that doesn't get talked about a lot is this aspect of religious narcissist and the facade that actually happens there. So let's dive in. So when we talk about the facade of righteousness, okay, at the core of religious narcissism lies a carefully crafted facade of righteousness, of looking good, of being right. Just like you'd see with a normal narcissist of like, I'm a good person, right? Like, this is me. But when we bring in this other frame of religion, it's like, wait a second. It's not just like, I'm a good person. It's like, I am righteous. I am good. Now, these people oftentimes will prey on other people that do not understand or that do not believe or that are at a place where they are not at the depth of the level to be able to understand. So as a result, they're going to engage in different displays to try to manipulate what you're actually seeing, like aspect of displays of piety, including regular attendance of religious services, maybe these prayers, maybe public acts of charity, something that oftentimes is outward facing that people see them do. You see this all the time where you see narcissists that go to church and they put on a mask and they show up and everybody's like, wow, they have a great family. They look great and they go home and they abuse their family. 
Happens all the time. People don't realize it because a lot of time in churches and religious organizations, nobody talks about the dark stuff. Everybody's like, hey, this is great. Let's love God. Let's do all these things. And it doesn't really get down to, hey, how are you actually doing with your relationship? Oh, everything's great. Is it really? There's not a depth a lot of times, which shows there's not a lot of honesty. And so what happens is a narcissist projects this image of moral virtue, of how they look good, and they start to gain admiration and trust from the people around them. But the problem is, this is just a cover. This is just a manipulative mask for others to be able to see. Think of it this way. You might have had someone in your life, maybe your partner, maybe a spouse, and he portrays himself as a devout follower of his faith, participating in community events, charity work, but behind closed doors, he uses that influence to control and emotionally abuse you. He uses it to get you subservient to him. Of like, you need to comply to me. I'm the person who's supposed to lead you. So therefore you're supposed to comply. You're supposed to be less than. Like I do all these things. What do you do? You just stay at home. Like putting you down, belittling you, all these different things. But in public, you guys are connected and good. It's what it looks like on the surface. This is why it's so hard for people to be able to identify it because when they see it on the surface, people are like, oh, things are great. And oftentimes because of the fear of how he's going to treat you at home, you're also scared to be able to say anything of like, no, it's not great. It actually sucks. Because then you'll be shunned in the religious organization because, well, you're not respecting your husband or you're not looking a certain way or you're not acting a certain way because a lot of that's about conformity than it is about connection. So you have that one aspect. Then you have the piece of spiritual manipulation. Narcissists exploit the deeply personal and sensitive nature of religious beliefs to manipulate other people. They may use the guilt, shame, or fear, not just of themselves, but of divine punishment. Of like, well, if you do that, God's going to punish you. If you do that, it goes against what we believe. If you do that, like the church is going to be upset. If you do this, all to be able to control, all to be able to manipulate, to keep you stuck in a certain type of box or a frame. This is one thing that is that is hard for a lot of people to grasp because so many people, let, let me say like to Christians, so many Christians have God in a certain box. God only allows this. God only does this. And there's no aspect of love or tolerance of what's actually happening. And people think you have to conform to a certain image before you can be accepted versus like you have to have a relationship before you can do anything else. And so narcissists will try to make you conform to that box. Using things like carefully selecting scripture, religious teachings, twisting the tenets of faith to suit their own agendas, to make it look like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Did you know you're supposed to act this way? Like, this is what will happen where you'll end up having fear. Like, you'll end up having the shame, the guilt. You'll end up having different things to manipulate the other person to follow every command. Maybe he's done this in your life, making you fear the end result, making you fear salvation, eternal damnation, whatever it might be. Making you fear that that is the only person that can actually lead you out of it, that can actually lead you towards or guide you towards salvation, and you keep trusting that person. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Then we move into another aspect, and this one I want to call it divine entitlement. Okay? Narcissists we know are entitled, right? Like, everything is mine. Like, I'm entitled to you. I'm entitled to other things. But, like, what happens when you bring in, like, religious aspect? Okay? Religious narcissists often believe that they're divinely chosen or especially appointed by a higher power. Some would even go to the place of being like, I am a prophet. I am God. I am all these different things. Like, it gets really skewing. It doesn't make sense. But, like, that's the thought process. And the sense of the divine entitlement fuels the belief that they have the authority to be able to control you, control you, control the congregation, control the people, whatever it might be. And like this elevated like spiritual status, this elevated hierarchy of like, I am better than you, gives them this aspect to continue to justify their actions, demand unwavering loyalty against things that are not right, against things that are not scripturally based or not in the religion that they're currently in. And so a man might claim to have received a direct message from a higher power, which he uses as justification for exerting control over your decisions. Like, I got this from God, so therefore you have to do this. God doesn't work that way. Like, he doesn't control and force other people to do things. If God's telling him to do something, he should do it. But that's not for you as far as, like, you have to comply to that. But a lot of times they will use and twist and script and script it out to try to make it so that you comply to what they want you to do using the divine, using religion, using Christianity as a form of saying, this is why you have to do what I'm telling you to do. So then we move into the aspect of isolation and also dependency. Things that are often inside narcissism as a whole, but in religion, it takes like a slightly different twist. Like they might isolate you from the friends, the family, support systems. Like we get that, okay? But by convincing you that the only interpretation of the faith, the religion, the Christian organization, whatever it might be, that only their interpretation is valid. Like slowly like getting rid of other people's opinions and thoughts and ideas because they're like, yeah, no, that's not true. And they're trying to lead, quote unquote, and guide you and, and mold you into the person they want you to be by saying, hey, these people are not right. And in doing this, it slowly severs connections. Do you realize that a lot of times Christian organizations are supposed to be the most connected because they're connected under God, but oftentimes they're the most diverse because they can't agree on like two tiny points, not even like big points, but like two tiny points. Same thing you see in like politics, like people will get divided over small things, small things. And they'll forget that there's a human on the other side that's actually talking, and they don't actually take the time to listen or understand the other person. Side note, we're not going to go down that road, okay? But by severing these connections, they create a dependency where you start to depend on the narcissist for spiritual guidance, for validation. Like, this could be where he's convinced you that interacting with anyone else that doesn't share their exact spiritual beliefs is sinful. Cutting them off from your network. This is something that I even did of like, well, that's not what we believe. 
that's not true. That's not the direction we go. And it started to pull my wife away from other people that weren't bad people at all, but they didn't have the same exact alignment. Who's going to have the same exact alignment? Not everybody. But a narcissist will want to make sure that it is only their opinion, only what matters to them, not to anyone else. So they'll pull you away from other people to be able to manipulate, to be able to control you. Part of the whole aspect of this is just trying to bring awareness of religious narcissism, of like what it actually is, what it actually does, and like how it's like subtle. It's subtle. Like it's hard to pick up. What I need you to understand is like when you have people pushing against you this way or trying to control you, start to do your own research into the religious organization, the Christianity, the aspect of God, whatever it might be, to start finding that out and true for you. Because there's not supposed to be one person that everything comes through. Like when we talk about Christianity, and I mentioned earlier, it's about conformity versus connection. It's about you conforming a lot of times to a certain image than it is you having a direct connection to God. But a narcissist will try to make sure that that's severed, and a narcissist will try to make sure that your connection is only to them. That dependence piece is only to them. If you're struggling with this today, you might be stuck in the religious frame of like, well, I can't get divorced. Well, I can't do this. Well, this this won't happen. I'll be shunned if I do this. I'll be kicked out. I'll be all these things. And I want to encourage you that God is not the God that is, is allowing the abuse. Like he's not one that's like, hey, I want you to stay in an abusive relationship. I want you to stay stuck with an abusive person. I want you to stay with a liar. Even if we use scripture to be able to back that up and to be able to show that in the Old Testament, it goes into aspects where it was agreed upon for them to be able to get divorced because of abuse, because of how men were actually treating women. They were refusing to actually give them a divorce so they could pull them back and do anything they wanted to them and go be with someone else. Sound a little familiar? So like, understand that like the current frame you might be in or thinking because of the religion, because of the organization that you're in, might not be true. What would that look like if you were actually able to get free and focus on you, your growth, your change, your development? If we could be of any help with that, we'd love to be able to talk to you. You can go to rawmotivations.com, click on the one-on-ones. We'd love to help you there. If you're at the place where you're ready to just jump in and start down the process of understanding mentally and emotionally, breaking the trauma bond, getting away from the rumination, go to claritychallenge.net today.